who could have exposed me? Ken started to narrow down the possibilities as he sat across Park Yu, the head of counter-counter-intelligence who had surprised him earlier in his secret wine cellar. It cannot be Jing. A bottle of Opus One Vintage 2002 sat open between them. Park Yu had spotted the Robert Parker rated bottle and casually asked if he could have a taste. It didn't sound like a request. So there they sat, the silence punctuated only by the regular drops of water from the low ceiling in the basement and Park Yu's loud slurps of the expensive wine. Like he was taking sips from a hot cup of sweet coffee at the local coffee shop. The price humidity in the cellar was beginning to bug Ken. His back was already drenched. So was his new grey Uniqlo Supima cotton boxer brief. He had bought it as part of his image refresh. It felt good on his skin compared to the not-even-so-cheap, stretchy supermarket polyester ones that he used to wear. He briefly wondered what shade of grey the underwear was at the moment. With all the sweat, it was so effectively absorbing. Ah, you're very lucky, Ken. Me? Yes, you have a good job, live an expat lifestyle, you have your own wine cellar, know so much about wine. Ken was mildly annoyed at the statement and managed to forget about his moist underwear for a moment. Maybe I work very hard? No, no, no. You must be very lucky. Sacrifice forming any meaningful relationships in pursuit of my passion? Bao Yu waved his hand dismissively. No, no, no. You lucky. Your job must have been damn free. Ken was in no mood to get into a circular going nowhere discussion. He needed to focus on not sweating on his head and face or anywhere visible. He had trained for this. A very important skill to master for a counter-intelligence officer. You see, Ken, we in Singapore don't believe that you succeed just because you are smart or you work hard, you see. You think you're smart, ah? Auntie Linda's son went to Harvard. You think you work hard, ah? Uncle Wong's son works 15 hours a day ah, and sleeps at the office, you know. We are an immigrant society. It is a given, you know, that everyone works hard. Everyone is smart. Oh, most of the time are smarter than you are. So, how did you then manage to become an expert with this amazing seller? Luck, my friend. Luck. Hmm. And connections. A flash of insight crossed Ken's mind. Park used warp logic was helping him answer the question of who had exposed him. Both Ken and Park Yu actually had a lot in common. Both were smart, felt misunderstood and underappreciated from young, and believed that life had shortchanged them. If they could let their guards down for a moment, they would have discovered a kindred spirit. But that won't happen today. There was a high-stakes game of chess in play. So, Park Yu... I assume you haven't found anything incriminating or your entire team would have been here. Park Yu smiled, took another noisy gulp of wine and waved magnanimously. I am not looking for anything incriminating again. We are fellow professionals, huh? 
just the usual audit. Ken has calculated the possible consequences of the seller being discovered before he had embarked on building his secret lair years ago. It wouldn't amount to anything more serious than a simple case of unauthorized use of government property, like farming vegetable on government land without official permission. Everyone did it. He took a sip of the 20-year-old wine, trying to focus on Park Yu's next move. But his nerdy brain couldn't help it. He started going through the standard tasting sequences ingrained into his DNA. Wine appearance, deep ruby garnet colour. On the nose, pronounced aromas of black fruit, cassis, vanilla. But I must book you for unauthorised use of garment property. Lah. Ken shrugged. Sure. Expected. Another nonchalant sip of the wine. On the palate, it is dry with medium plus acidity, medium round tannins, and a few small slaps on your wrist. <laughs> eh? This was unexpected? Slaps on my wrist? Suddenly, the sweat glands on Ken's head sprung to life. Beads of sweat impatiently tried to push through his skin pores. Park Yu smiled. He knew that Ken didn't expect it. This was the best part of his job. Seeing very smart, capable men tremble and sweat at his very words. He proclaimed with a flourish, You will be sent back to Tokyo. You will be demoted to admin exec level 3 at the internal audit department. And you will report to Hashi-san. Oh, I think you might know him, huh? A large drop of sweat pushed through his gland on Ken's head and rolled down his forehead onto his face. Hi, my name is Cheek, a film and TV writer, director and wine enthusiast with a diploma in wines and spirits and a certified sommelier qualification. Wine is arguably the only drink on this planet that can inspire love, hate, snobbery, insecurity, fear, wonder in just one sip. Not surprising then that wine can be mysteriously intimidating for those who are curious to know more about it. Combining my love of storytelling and wines, I am on a mission to make wines easier to understand and appreciate, one tongue-in-cheek story at a time. And what better genre to start this mission than a spy mystery? A parody of a spy mystery to be exact. So on that note, please remember that besides the wine information in this podcast, name, locations and anything that sounds remotely real are purely a work of fiction. Like wine, the stories should not be taken too seriously. I hope you enjoy the story and in the process, also find out a bit more about the wine. Make sure you follow the podcast. Pak Yu was right about Jing having an excellent support team. Uncle Chien's many spotters around the Japanese embassy in Singapore immediately noticed him and his guys when they paid a courtesy call to the ambassador disguised as maintenance workers. Play it cool. Keep your dates with Ken. Let's see what they are up to. Uncle Chien had instructed Jing. Maybe it's time to pack it up? Jing countered. Not yet. It became clear to Uncle Chien very quickly that Park Yu was a capable fellow, detailed and diligent, 
with a mean streak. But it was also clear that he didn't have anything to hang Ken on. There was nothing wrong with the counterintelligence head doing an image change or going out on dates and enjoying good wines. And Jing looked like any other graduate student in Singapore hustling after classes in the many bars and restaurants in the city to meet more people, make more connections. Uncle Chen's team had also removed all the listening devices before Park Yu discovered the basement cellar. The most likely outcome of Park Yu's investigations would be for them to conclude that maybe the Chinese were probing their security in Singapore. Exactly the outcome that the centre had planned for 30 years ago. Jing opened a bottle of Grace Koshu wine from Yamanashi, Japan, poured herself a big glass and slowly drank it. Uncle Chen came up to her bearing travel documents. This wine is so Japanese, isn't it? If you just take a quick look at it, you would think it's just water. Very pale lemon colour, light citrus aromas, the initial flavours on the palate delicate, but such a long story at the finish. Simplicity is not simple. Easing into your next mission? (sighs) How do you want me to handle Ken? You don't have to worry about him. They are sending him back tomorrow morning. Jing shrugged, still pondering about the koshu wine. Center is extremely pleased. They want to meet you. This got Jing's attention. In person? Uncle Jen nodded. So it will be Shanghai. Moscow, Shanghai, and then Tokyo. Jing was wide-eyed excited. You sure you don't want some champagne instead? Jing was technically all Chinese. No one could prove otherwise, except for Uncle Chen and his small team. They had been very thorough. She was born Nadia in the now-disputed Northern Territories to the Japanese or Kuru Islands to the Russians, to a Japanese mother and a Russian father. She was talent-spotted by a bright Russian operative who was tasked to start one of the most ambitious espionage program the world has ever known. The operative was Uncle Chien, or Misha. Misha was scouring the border areas for naturally smart and non-specific-looking children who could fit anywhere in the world. He spotted Nadia running around her parents' impoverished farm, observed her for months, and then struck a deal with the parents, telling them that Nadia would get opportunities beyond their wildest dreams, serving her homeland. In exchange for a sum of money and some livestock, Misha took Nadia from her parents when she was only a one-year-old and was smuggled into China. They made their way to Shanghai, where Nadia was legally adopted by a Shanghainese couple who were actually Russian sleeper agents. They taught her different languages, art, and music. She was only three when she was sent to Japan to further complicate her history and for more training by another Russian sleeper agent couple. The plan had always been to wash her clean, so to speak, of her Japanese-Russian heritage and then pass her off as a returning Chinese citizen. The London boarding school that Nadia attended after she left Japan was on the outside a veritable British institution for the best education money could buy, but was also the top Russian spy training school for young talents, secretly operated by the centre. Besides top-notch education, 
Nadia and other aspiring agents also attended a secret program, the Ultra Selective Boat Club, like an extracurricular activity. The club took recruits away for three months every summer to various training locations across the world to hone their spy craft. Nadia topped the course three years straight. By the time she was 18 and ready to go back to Shanghai, she was fluent in six languages. Mandarin, Japanese, Russian, Spanish, French, and English. An accomplished ballet dancer, top student, the president of the school's reputable wine club with a diploma in wines and spirits and an advanced sommelier qualification. And of course, not to mention, skill in all spy-related matters. She was the best of the best. Singapore had been the first real mission after university. Rio and Ken didn't stand a chance. Ken had paused at the entrance as he was being escorted into the Singapore Changi Airport by serious-looking ministry minders. Ah, they had the audacity to build a rainforest with a giant waterfall inside an airport. Ken chuckled to himself as he was quickly bundled into the airport. He didn't understand the need to hurry. It took less than 20 minutes for him and the ministry goons to check in, go through immigration and arrive at the boarding gate. Everything was digital. Ken winced at the thought of returning to analog Japan and faxing weekly reports to Hashi. He casted the thought out of his mind immediately. He needed to work on his plan. Thanks to Park Yu, Ken was certain now that it was Ryo's well-connected father who had pulled strings with the minister, who then tasked a very happy Hashi to his case. He knew that Park Yu was Hashi's man in Singapore. This rich boy had everything done for him. Even revenge! The power of connections! Ken was trembling with anger, his fist clenched. But only for a split second. He got his emotions under control and focused on creating a strike-back plan. He will let Hashi enjoy his moment in the sun. He was the small fish anyway. Ken was going for real. His wealthy father and the rest of his connected cronies. He vowed to make them pay for his humiliation. He didn't even get to say goodbye to Ching. Park Yu had seized his phone and forbade him from any forms of communication until he was thoroughly debriefed in Tokyo. What would she think of me, just disappearing like this? Ken sighed. Ken-san, time to go! The basement-dwelling, Uniqlo boxer brief wearing counterintelligence head was hurried away towards the plane by his minders. Ken managed only a quick last glance at the airport before they whisked him off. If Ken had more time and was less distracted, he would have noted that not far from the boarding gate, a nondescript airport cleaner had been watching him all this time. The cleaner noted Ken's state of mind and that he looked sad before boarding. Once the plane was safely in the air, the cleaner took out a phone and sent a message to Uncle Chien. Jose Rodriguez was not himself tonight. He was sober. It was a slow Tuesday night in Tokyo's Roppongi Bar District and he was propped up on a stool at the mahogany-top bar of a dimly lit wine restaurant. 
The natalie dressed older gentleman behind the bar noticeably twitched when Jose asked for a beer. The restaurant was a bit fancy for his taste, but he had spotted a group of women out on a girls' night, loudly enjoying their champagne. Could be promising. Jose Rodriguez, or JR, as he was known to the strippers in Roppongi, led a double life for the last 10 years. In the day, he was a human resource manager at the US Embassy in Tokyo. At 186 centimeter tall, broad-shouldered, he cut a serious figure as the button-down, upright professional. At night, JR was a generous, friendly, loved-by-all party animal of Roppongi. His career had not progressed much, which was fine by him. The systems and structures at the embassy were so locked in, he just needed to punch in the hours at work in the day and then run off to be the swinging expat all night. What a life! But the decade of partying every night was taking its toll on him. His initially lean and muscular body had in the last few years taken on a lot more heft. His knees and back hurt, the hangovers lasted longer, and he wasn't able to pick up as many women at the bars anymore, as was the case tonight. He had been giving meaningful looks at some of the women in the drinking party, but no luck so far. Plus, and a big plus, the women were only speaking in Japanese, a language that JR had sadly not managed to learn even after 10 years of living and working in Japan. It wasn't looking as promising as he had thought earlier. Man, only Japanese? Ah, time to go home. JR was about to ask for the bill when a stunning Japanese woman drifted into the restaurant. He almost fell off the bar stool. She sauntered up to the bar and ordered a glass of champagne from the well-dressed bartender. In perfect English. <laughs> 